Krista Ross is the CEO of the Fredericton Chamber of Commerce, a position she has held since September of 2011. A business executive with over 25 years of experience in various industries, ranging from association management, communications, to even real estate management. In 2017, she was chosen Chamber Executive of the Year for Canada by Chamber of Commerce Executives of Canada. Krista was also recently awarded in 2020 a Top 50 CEO in the Atlantic Business Magazine. Now, many listeners will already be very familiar with the, the work Krista and her team does. I've known Krista for a few years now, and since March of 2020, I would argue our paths cross at least weekly. For example, both Krista and I sit on the Agencies Forum, a group of representatives from the region's business support organizations, and both the Chamber and Ignite, in addition, have been running a series of business forums ranging from a variety of sectors, asking businesses on their experiences over the past year. That's why when I wanted to have a conversation about the last year in the business community, but also what we see the future looking like in Fredericton, I pulled Krista in for a chat. Krista, thank you for joining me today. First question I want to jump into, Krista, was back in March 2020 when the pandemic started. How did the chamber react? Well, on Friday the 13th, we were having our annual chamber curling fun spiel. And that day, a couple of the teams uh, contacted us early in the morning and said they couldn't come because nationally their corporations had told them they weren't allowed to go to gatherings. And we spent the day recognizing that this was a very serious situation and that we were going to have to change what we were doing. And we were gonna to have to show leadership in our community. So on Friday, March the 13th, we made a decision and we informed our members that we were canceling all events until the end of May and that we were going to start communicating with our members on a regular basis to let them know what was happening um, and to keep them informed of what they needed to do in response to the pandemic. So the following week, uh, starting on the 16th, we began sending out emails to our members every single day, COVID updates. And in those emails, we talked to them about um, regulations that were changing, um, programs that were being launched, and really tried to gather the important information that they needed to operate their business and how they were going to operate their business and share it with them because there was so much information out there. Um, it was important for us to synthesize that. We also made a decision early on to welcome any business, not just our members, but any business who needed help. We invited them to sign up for our eblast list and accept our communications every day. Uh, fast forward a few weeks and we decided to um, launch a portal on our website called who's open, who's operating and who's offering help. One of the things that people were finding is that they didn't know where to go. They didn't know where to, who was open. And it was very difficult for those small businesses um, to get that message out. So we created a list and we began working with um, the various other agencies to communicate that information out. 
We also added um, a portal on our website for PPE and um, business preparedness uh, products as well. There were many businesses that knew they had to get, you know, plastic shields and they had to get hand sanitizer and they needed masks and they needed all kinds of products that they had never accessed before and they didn't know where to get them. We also had members who had those products for sale and didn't know how to get the message out. So we created a very comprehensive listing um, really quickly and had it on our website so people knew where to get those products. And we had many members tell us that that was just, I mean, they couldn't have figured out all of these things without us. Um, fast forward again. So eight weeks later, um, New Brunswick was doing better than most regions. And we knew that we were going to be reopening. So our chamber, along with the Moncton and St. John chambers, created a reopening guide for businesses because people had no idea how they were going to get open again and what they had to do and what the rules were. So we created a guide that explained to them how to get their operational plan in place, which was required to be open, and what the rules were. And we had input from uh, WorkSafe and from the province of New Brunswick. Um, but we were able to get that operations uh, reopening guide out to our members um, really before the province had their reopening guides out. And in fact, that guide was used pretty much from coast to coast. The Canadian Chamber um, asked us to come and, and give a workshop for chambers from coast to coast to coast on how to get reopened. And that guide was used many times across the country. We, um, we produced it in a bilingual format and uh, our members told us it was invaluable. So we were really excited and proud to be able to support the business community of our, of our region in that way. Now, Krista, I started with the question of how did the chamber react? But the truth is I'm aware because you know, we at Ignite work alongside you, but also we've worked alongside with for business forums and all kinds of uh, uh, the agency's meetings and things of that matter. But I asked the question so the listeners would know because it's been brought up a, at least a, a couple of times in episodes of this podcast where when I ask, you know, what resources have been healthy, helpful to the business, uh, the chamber information, uh, the connections, the weekly, and at the time, daily, I believe it was, updates on COVID were extremely beneficial. And, and you said it yourself, the amount of information that was out there in March and April and May was wild. Uh, Justin Trudeau, I believe, was on the television every single day with the press conference. So um, to have the chamber updates at the top, some people would outright say, oh, we're just waiting for the chamber to provide us the information. That's where we're at. So to me, I think that that's a huge compliment and it shows all the work you guys have been doing, especially the speed at which you are doing it, which you, you mentioned. So we so listen to the updates every day, both provincially and federally, and we picked out the most important key things that we felt businesses needed to know about and, and not-for-profits, because we certainly have about 10% of our membership that are not-for-profit organizations or professional associations. And our team, I have to say, we worked like a well-oiled machine. Um, Morgan and I, and I created um, the e-blasts. Wendy uh, got them out to the membership uh, with the help of Rocket and Christine shared them on our social media. So we really got those messages out loud and clear and broadly. Um, and I also, um, you know, we were, it was 
pretty challenging doing that work, um, all of us from home, but we were able to do it because of the technology that we had already adopted. Um, our team had already been using Zoom for um, a couple of years actually before the pandemic hit. So we were able to just hop on and continue going. We had a staff meeting every morning and um, it, it really worked well for us. Um, we were back in our office eight weeks after uh, the first closure and uh, we haven't looked back. So I'm really proud of my team. Everybody worked really hard. Uh, at the time we had um, Tanya as our event manager and we began almost immediately doing virtual events, um, virtual webinars, uh, networking events and those sorts of things as well. So we knew that it was going to be really important for our members to stay connected with each other and with us. Now, Krista, we're talking about that time frame early on to the pandemic, and many asked the question, um, will businesses come out of this stronger? We are over one year out now. What's your take on that? Some businesses uh, came out stronger, or some businesses, um, you know, have found um, a lot of business uh, happening during the pandemic. Other businesses have not been so fortunate. People talk a lot about this K-shaped recovery where some of the businesses uh, have a, um, an upward trajectory and others have a, a downward trajectory. And it certainly depends on the industry that businesses are in. I think we've, we've talked a lot about the hardest hit industries um, such as tourism and hospitality, um, recreation, restaurants, um, you know, performing, um, performing arts, those types of businesses, um, anybody in the travel business, they have been drastically hit. And uh, even those, even those who haven't been hit in the same way as the hardest hit, it's going to take a number of years for businesses to truly recover what from what they've gone through. It brings up a great point, because when I talk to businesses about everything, they're going, what's going on or updates, I don't ask, you know, what problems are you facing? I say, what challenges? Because mm -hmm. you bring up a good point. Some, some businesses were not hit nearly as hard. In fact, maybe they're, they're doing better in different ways, but there's different challenges they were not prepared for mm -hmm. um, before COVID. And I think you brought up another a great example, the K-shaped recovery, where, and I know in our uh, economic development recovery plan that we've been, uh, that we've worked on, the recovery phase and then you had the business growth phase, but the truth is a recovery phase is still happening for many industries and business growth phase happened pretty early for, for others. So it's, it's not from one to the next. Um, but that leads me into my next question. As a part of our economic development recovery plan, the Chamber and Ignite worked on a series of business forums over the past few months. So speaking with our businesses from several industries, Krista, and you've been involved with those. So I wanted to get your take on it. What has been the most insightful things or memorable moments coming from these business forums where businesses are talking about their the past year of the pandemic? I think the thing that has hit home to me the most is the actual stories that I've been told, the narrative that has been told by these businesses. They have been so frank, so honest, and they have simply, you know, laid their souls bare and talked about their fears and talked about um, their teams. And, you know, it's, it's really easy to focus on 
the pandemic. You know, it's a global issue. But when you break it down to how it has impacted businesses, how it has impacted business owners or managers, how it has impacted the employees of these businesses, it is so moving and motivating. And it, it their stories and their challenges and their difficulties have been what has motivated myself and our team to keep working hard to support them because in our lifetime, I, there's never been anything that has impacted business and, and individuals the way that this pandemic has. I think as we talk a lot about businesses and, and like you mentioned, pandemic is that these, this pandemic um, and even just even before the pandemic, but it has an impact not only in professional lives, but personal lives. And, uh, and I know you'll remember that there was even some people zooming in, some business owners wanting to talk about their experiences while they're cooking or pre- preparing food for their, their children. So it, it was impacting their personal lives as well, but they still wanted to talk to us to tell everything, tell us everything's going on. Yeah. So it, it just to me shows the, the amount of work they're putting into a, a 24 hour day. Agreed. Krista, going back to what the chamber has seen, what would be the, um, what was your biggest surprise pertaining to businesses response during the pandemic? I don't know if I would call it a surprise, but the thing that I was absolutely the most proud of is the incredible resiliency that I have seen from the business community. These people are, are facing sometimes almost insurmountable obstacles and they continue to have a positive attitude. The immediate response from most businesses was a desire to help and support each other in other businesses. And their number one priority was their staff. I found so many businesses that were asking us about the various um, uh, programs that would support um, their payroll. And the reason they cared was because they cared so much about their employees and they they really wanted to make the right choices of whether or not their employees would go on the SUS program or if they would um, individually go on CERB or what was going to be best for their employees and how could they keep their employees working. And uh, the, the resiliency that I have seen and the, the mental strength and attitudes that I have seen have just been incredible. Now let's let's flip this a bit because when we're talking a lot how businesses responded and things of that matter, but when this also began, as you recall, um, all business support organizations and you walked us through everything you guys were doing, were were meeting frequently, uh, reacting, trying to get the right resources and support mechanisms in place overnight. Um, what's your take on all of these partners and stakeholders working collaboratively together towards a plan to make sure businesses are, are, are getting through this pandemic? One of the things I was very thankful for is that we already had such a strong established network of agencies in our region. Ignite Fredericton, the Chamber, Business Fredericton North, Downtown Fredericton, uh, the Tourism Department, ONB, the Airport, and, and so many more. And we already had that established. We were already meeting on a monthly basis for as many years as I can remember. 
And so we simply hit the ground running. We just kept going, uh, but changed our focus to how we were um, supporting our members through this pandemic. The other thing that I, I saw, which I thought was incredible, was within days, we were able to access politicians at the municipal, at the provincial, and at the federal level immediately. We were getting um, meetings and Zoom calls and information meetings on a weekly basis with our leaders. And that ability to share what was happening with the business community with our um, government leaders and elected officials and senior civil servants really made it better for us to be able to tell the stories and to be able to tell um, those people who could make decisions that would impact our members and the business community to tell them what was happening on the ground so that they could make informed decisions and they could do their best job to support what was happening. So I think, I mean, it was just incredible to be able to work with organizations like Ignite and, and you know, we've always had such a close working relationship. I mean, in the past, we've done our staff team building activities together because we really work so closely. Um, that we're almost one team. So I think that here in Fredericton, we're very fortunate for that. I think other communities, um, whether it be in this region or elsewhere, they had to build that network or they had to build that relationship. We already had it. So it was, I mean, we started almost immediately too with the Support Fred Local campaign, uh, which was led by, you know, the city, uh, the chamber, Ignite, and uh, the other groups I've mentioned, Downtown Fredericton, Business Fredericton North. Um, we also interacted really quickly with the Multicultural Association and worked to make sure that our newcomer business owners were supported as well. So I think that the relationships we already had, it really, it really solidified those, but it really pointed out how important working collaboratively is. We're not competitors, we're collaborators. Um, on a provincial level, I mean, we also work closely with the Conseil Economique, uh, New Brunswick Business Council, CFIB, um, Canadian manufacturers and exporters, and, and many, many more um, to also have that, that uh, provincial reach and looking at things from a, a provincial perspective as well as local. Now, let's bring things up to speed today. What, uh, what is your membership telling you about uh, challenges that they're facing right now and, and where do they really need help? What we're hearing from our members now um, is that we need to get to a point where they can be in a more normal situation of opening. We still have many businesses that are drastically impacted by, um, you know, border regulations, by um, limited seating in restaurants by, you know, so many of these types of issues. And it's not to say that they need to be stopped, but we need to get to a point from a health perspective and, you know, from a vaccination perspective that we can get back to some type of normalcy, not just here in our region, um, but in the Atlantic region and across the country, because we rely on um, doing business um, provincially, in the Atlantic region, across the country, and in, you know, exporting as well. So, you know, we need to get those, um, get to a point where we can have some of those regulations lifted. And, and that's what we're hearing from our members. 
Um, it, it's been a challenging, it's been the most challenging time most of them have ever faced in their, in their business life. And I think on top of that would be, um, not only with the restrictions and, and, uh, policies and, and rules in place, but, um, that in turn would help get consumer confidence back, people getting back to restaurants and stores and, and getting out. And I, I feel that they are, I think that's happening. Um, but I think it can only uh, increase from here as consumer confidence comes back. Absolutely. I think that, you know, in order for people to feel comfortable, we need to get, you know, to a higher level um, of vaccinations. We need to have, um, you know, get the cases down across the country, not just here. I mean, here in New Brunswick, as of today, we're at 42% vaccinated. So I think that, you know, that's a positive thing. I think we're doing well. Um, And going forward, uh, the more people that are vaccinated, the more comfortable people are going to feel um, being able to get back to those businesses. Absolutely. So you're a business in 2021 right now. What should you be focusing on or paying attention to, to keep your business moving until this whole thing is done? Well, people still need to be well aware of the regulations. They still need to have their operation plan in place. They still need to be mindful of, um, you know, the, impact this has had on their teams too. This has been um, not just a a health crisis and not just a business crisis, but I think that we have all been dealing with a lot of mental health issues. Um, It has been so impactful on people. It has been so challenging because we've never dealt with anything like this before. And I think I've seen a lot of businesses be very focused on their team and, and the mental health of their team, not just their physical health. Um, And, you know, just being prepared, um, taking care of that team and, you know, utilizing resources that are out there, whether it be the chamber or Ignite or any of the other resources that are available to businesses um, so that they can stay on top of where things are at and be ready when um, things are more open again. One of the roles I play at Ignite is I'll make one-on-one calls or uh, meetings, but uh, again, hopefully, but nonetheless calls right now to check in on businesses, see how everything's going. And you talked about uh, mental health and the stress and everything with the pandemic. Sometimes that alone, when, when I say, you know, how can we help? What resources do you need? In some cases they're fine, but the call alone to, to get, to give the update on everything that's been going on is, is extremely beneficial. I, 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 I was a, a nice surprise that I found out. It's just giving them the call and checking in to businesses. And as the term you would have heard before, sometimes CEO or or executive director or whatever is often the loneliest job in the world. So just getting that update from them is nice. When we're talking about the Fredericton region, Krista, what does growth look like? Well, I think uh, when we find our way through this, growth is going to look like population increase. Um, It's going to look like the growth and rejuvenation of our current businesses. I think we're going to see new businesses coming. Um, We're very lucky to have a strong uh, post-secondary sector that has tons of talent and innovation. And I I think you're going to see our region really grow from this. We've certainly been recognized um, as a place to do business, as a place to do business even remotely. Um, a wonderful place to live and a safe place. And I think that 
um, Fredericton and New Brunswick alike have really been put on the map and shown as a, a showpiece of a places where, you know, you can be successful. Sometimes when we get caught into uh, discussing the pandemic, um, sometimes we can, I don't say focus on the negative things, but nonetheless, there's a lot happening. So sometimes we don't pay attention to the positive things. When it comes to looking forward to 2021, what are you looking most forward to? I'm most looking forward to when we can do um, events again. Um, The Chamber is known for our advocacy. We're known for, you know, providing benefits to our members and we're known for being a support organization, but we are also known uh, as an organization that hosts first class events Mm -hmm. and tremendous networking. So throughout the pandemic, you know, we've found new ways of, of connecting with our members and we have done a lot of virtual connecting but I really miss that face-to-face interaction with our members. Um, And that is what I'm most looking forward to, getting back to being able to have events. I don't know if we will be shaking hands or embracing anytime soon, but at the very least to be able to get back to hosting events and having our members be able to network together. I completely agree. I have a stack of business cards that often wouldn't take me long to distribute because I enjoy chamber network events and other networking events, but they've been sitting there and they're waiting for this all to calm down. But uh, now if you could do anything differently back in the last year, would there be anything you do differently? Um, I, I think on a personal level, one thing I would do a little differently is, is try to get more sleep. Um, in the first uh, couple of months of the pandemic, when I was working from home, um, I live with my 15 year old daughter and I was working like 16 to 18 hours a day and bless her heart. She was literally feeding me and she would bring me snacks and, and make meals and, and do things like that. And I had, you know, friends, um, that would drop things off for me as well, but myself and my team, like we were exhausted. And one of the, one of the wonderful things that happened was that, um, my daughter, um, she likes to do a lot of writing and she participates in this, uh, website called the world needs more love letters. And on this website, each month they have a feature about a person or people who, um, need, um, to hear from people. So it might be someone who's facing, you know, a catastrophic health crisis or um, those types of things. Well, she nominated me on this global website um, to receive letters from people um, to support me. And she talked about how hard I was working and, and how I was, you know, supporting the business community and, and how important she thought that was and, and how proud she was and all that sort of thing. And so she nominated me and I was selected and I got over 500 letters in my mailbox, snail mail, not email, real letters that came in the mail, letters of encouragement and support. And I can't tell you how amazing that was, but it really also reinforced to me how important it is for all of us to share those words of encouragement. When we see someone doing a good job to tell them when we see someone working really hard to support them. And when we see someone struggling to try to give them a hand and, you know, the thing that, that really 
was remarkable was these were people I didn't know, people literally from around the world that sent me words of encouragement that kept me going and supported our Fredericton business community. And I thought that was pretty amazing. So, but again, going back to your actual question, what would I do differently? I would get a little more sleep. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's interesting you say that only because as, and I'm sure you've heard of many of these when speaking to some businesses is when this all started um, a lot, a lot of like in the restaurant sector, they just started reaching out to other restaurants in other provinces and even other uh, countries. Just yeah. how's everything going? Talk to yeah. me, things like that. And I think those letters is are along the same line as at the end of the day, we're all, we're all in this together, you know? Yeah. So it's uh that's a, a, a lovely note. And I can confirm when we were working from home when there was extreme lockdown home with my two boys, busy <laughs> days with them when no daycares were open and uh, get, by the time you get them down, then you do your, your, your evenings and send out a, series of emails and often the case some of the first emails that came back bright early in the morning when I woke up was from Chris Ross so <laughs> I can confirm you you probably didn't get much sleep because yeah. I didn't get much sleep and you yeah. were answering emails long after I went to bed so <laughs> yeah. um Krista anything I uh I missed that you'd like to talk about before we conclude today um I I guess the thing I really want to reinforce is just what an amazing job our Fredericton community and our Fredericton business community has done. They responded immediately. They got their operational plans in place. New Brunswick has been a leader, um, you know, in reopening. Um, and I think the other thing I want to reinforce is just the importance of those relationships that we have between our organizations, um, between the business community. And that made it all the more uh, seamless to to support the business community during the time when they needed us the most. So I think that, um, you know, it really reinforced the importance of organizations like the Chamber of Commerce, like Ignite and our, our downtown associations and, you know, our tourism sector, Opportunities New Brunswick. We were able to support our business community because we were already in the business of doing so and we were already communicating on a regular basis. So I think that that's, that's been a key takeaway for me. And, you know, one of the things that I, I can celebrate is that we actually hit our thousandth member during the pandemic. And we really thought we would lose members um, because there would be a lot of businesses that would decide they couldn't afford to be a member. And by the way, membership is very reasonable. So that's not a, a great excuse. So I just want to point that out and all businesses are welcome. Um, so if you're not a member and you're listening to this, uh, please uh, check out our website. Maybe you'd like to join us. But what I saw was that businesses, even those that were struggling the most, they made it a point to pay their membership dues. And we even had new members join. We had businesses that had never been a member before that got support from our organization throughout the pandemic that got on our email list or listed their products on our, our website for PPE and so on, or they listed themselves as open or operating or offering help to other businesses. And when they were able, they joined and they said, you know, being part of the chamber of commerce was a key priority for them. And so here we are um, more than a year later 
and our membership numbers have stayed strong. We've stayed over a thousand members. And, um, you know, Christine is our membership development and marketing person, and she has done a great job of, of uh, maintaining that membership and also sharing the stories of our members. We have a very strong following on, on social media, on, you know, Facebook, on LinkedIn, on Twitter, and on Instagram. And when our members are sharing their stories, their promotions, their celebrations, their, you know, even just their hours or things that are happening in their business, we're sharing that out to the community at large because we do have a lot of people that are paying attention to our social media. So those are the types of things that I think are, are helping our members to stay, uh, to stay resilient. And uh, I'm really excited about getting back to a normal time and, uh, and getting back out to visit our members and, and see them face-to-face. Krista, I think during such difficult times to see your membership go up, posted down, is a very telling of, of what your organization has been doing uh, this past year, let alone the past number of years. Thank um, you. Krista, thanks for the time today. I really appreciate the update on everything the Chamber's been doing. And I'm, and I'm sure I'm going to pull you in on this podcast again uh, down the road to get further updates on everything with the business community and everything you guys have been doing. So thanks again for the time slot today. It's my pleasure. And thanks for having me. Thanks, Krista. Thanks for joining. Locked in with Lockhart was hosted by Andrew Lockhart, produced by Ignite, music by Tom Cray. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast wherever you find quality podcasts. And if you have a recommendation for a business, feel free to reach out to me at andrew.lockhart at ignitefredericton.com.